Welcome to C3 Church Queens Beach Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. Today, we pray that as you hear Steve Ma, that you'll be inspired to live your best life. Best part of the week, isn't it? To be with our family. God calls us his sons and his daughters. That makes us brothers and sisters. Yeah, we don't tend to use that anymore. It's a bit of an old-fashioned religious word. Hello, brother. Uh, hello, sister. But it's God telling us that, yes, we've got our natural family, but we've got our spiritual family. Look around you. We're brothers and sisters. We're the family of God. What a great part of the day. What a great part of the week that we can come here, join our voices to praise God, pray and receive all he's got for us. I'm excited to be preaching this, uh, this message over two weeks because I don't want to rush it. Otherwise, I'd cram it all in. Eden's going to come in between this message and the next one. Um, because I believe it's actually a missing puzzle, piece of the puzzle for many people. I actually believe that it's something that we don't focus on. It's something that we don't put our attention to. It's something we don't pray enough about or enough pray into. And we're going through a foundation series and Paul puts this as one of our foundations, two of our foundations. We've got two more to go. Uh, and I really feel uh, that if we get these last two foundations in place, then the, the life we live as a Christian uh, is much more effective and much more fruitful. Uh, and the life that we live, uh, church aside, is we live with much more confidence and much more purpose. So let us read Hebrews 6, 1 to 3. We've gone through four of the foundations, there's two to go. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation. So here are the foundations. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. In other words, we repent from our sin, our ungodly ways, and we turn to God. The foundation of our faith in God, God is our provider, God will take care of us. Our salvation is found in him and him alone. The instruction about cleansing rites, baptism. Uh, if you haven't uh, been baptised, fully immersed in water, November the 18th. We would love for you to uh, be part of 2018's baptisms down at Jindalee Beach. If this is the best part of the week baptisms down at Jindalee Beach is perhaps the highlight of the year or it's up there at least. So if you haven't been baptised, can I please encourage you? Uh, apart from anything else, when you ask people what's it like to be baptised, they will all come back with the same answer. Amazing, amazing. I feel so clean. I feel so pure. I feel so strong. It's amazing. The testimonies for people who have been baptised are so strong and so powerful. So can I encourage you to take that step? If you're not quite sure what it involves, come and see me and I'll talk you through that. What's another foundation? The laying on of hands. Nicole talked about that. Often we will pray for people to lay, lay hands on them. It's not something that we've made up. It's a foundation that Paul says. There's something about people who will pray for you. They're anointed and something about laying hands on imparts the presence and the power of God. And so we come to the last two which I think for many people is a missing piece of the puzzle because we don't tend to focus on it because it's so wild and crazy. You know, God says, you can't imagine what I've got in store for you. You can't imagine it. But we know it's God, so we know it's going to be good and it's going to be wonderful. 
and we get to, to the, these two things and it's like I'm not sure I can get my head around it I can read it but Holy Spirit and when we get to the end of today's service I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to give us the revelation because we can get it here but we really need the Holy Spirit to reveal this one to us because the last two foundations are the resurrection of the dead you're going to get a new body you are going to die I'm sorry to say that but it's not really a death it's a passing through to a new body and a new life that God has got for you the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment that's going to be a bit uncomfortable in two weeks time but it's a reality and God says these are two foundations now they're different from the other four because these two are prophetic ones they're about future events the resurrection of the dead is a is a day to come as is eternal judgment a day to come and we don't tend to want to look at these two things because they, they can be uncomfortable and I'm quite happy with what I've got around me at the moment because I've got a handle on it you know, I enjoy this world you know, I like looking at friendly faces I understand this body you know I know how it works I like the Sun I like the grass I like things the way they are I mean I don't like change anyway you know. but God says it's going to be a new earth and a new body and it's going to be better than the one you've got already okay but there, there, there are there are some some words that God uses to describe all this that makes us a bit uncomfortable so looking into this can make us unsettled because it's a little bit out there and it's unknown here are some words that are used to describe that time you have to look into the book of Revelation it's a time of fire it's a time of fury it's a time of damnation right yeah it's a time of tribulation so we don't necessarily want to go there we want to just park it over park it over there but God says it's one of our foundations we need to be looking at it it's like it's not going to go away it's like looking in a mirror and you don't want to see that wrinkle you don't want to see that blemish so you just you won't look there thing is the blemish and the wrinkle will still be there you know it's it's better off to look at it and see what you can do about it (laughs) the other reason we don't want to go there is because Jesus Jesus is judge and if you look at the descriptions in the book of Revelation he's there with fiery eyes there's a sword coming out of his mouth he's riding on a mighty horse leading the armies of heaven the angels to bring judgment upon the earth I don't want I'm happy with Jesus as my loving Savior I'm happy with Jesus as my loving friend you know I'm happy with Jesus the Good Shepherd I love that and that's who he is but if we're really gonna look at the big picture and really understand Jesus we have to understand him as judge we have to understand him as victory over heaven and earth as it exists now and bringing a judgment and bringing an accountability don't worry there's good news we get through it all as believers but we, we will be going through it um, and so Jesus is judge Jesus as deliverer and Jesus as the king of all things also when you start to look into this sort of thing we might know people who major on all the end time stuff if you've been around enough times we, we go through eras and it can get quite complicated and it and people can become very contentious 
about when events are happening and what events are happening and what's happening where. And if you've been around long enough, you've heard the word tribulation. And there's post-tribulation and pre-tribulation and there's the millennium and there's pre-millennium and there's post-millennium and there's mid-tribulation, post-millennium and so on it goes. Becomes very. I believe you, you should study it, but there are people who can become very obsessed with it. And then they start looking into times and dates and all sorts of stuff. It's a mystery in the end. Jesus says, I don't even know the day when it's going to happen. Only the Father knows. So there are some things that we can look into that God will reveal to us, but there are some things we can look into. God's just not going to reveal it to us. You can't discover it, and that's, this is one of those things. So we can talk. So sometimes people, and, and that can put us off, looking into this future time. And so we end up just going with this attitude. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen, so what I'm going to do is just take care of the here and now. So I'm going to love the people around me, I'm going to do my praying, I'm going to build the church, and so long as I do a good job here, I'm sure I'll be all right in the end. You know, if I take care of myself here, I'm actually taking care of what's going to happen down the end there. So we have that. But if we do that, then we're missing out on two of the foundations that Paul says we have to have. A real thing in our heart, a real understanding and a real certainty about the resurrection of the dead. And a real certainty uh, in our heart and a real understanding and a revelation of what is going to happen in eternal judgment. It's like going to a movie and walking out three quarters of the way through it. You're not going to be satisfied, are you? Or reading a book and not finishing the last chapter, you won't be satisfied. That's why I think, and I'm, you know, because I've sort of looked into it, so I've gone, you know what, this is a bit of a puzzle that's been missing in my walk with God. Two foundations, I'm like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I'm missing out on two foundations there. And Peter writes this in Second Peter. He says this, For we have the prophetic message as something which is completely reliable. Before I get to the actual resurrection of the dead, I'm actually going to spend more time on saying why we need to put it into our hearts. Because the actual teaching is pretty easy. You're going to be risen from the dead. But we want to work out why, why has Paul called it a foundation? So we have the prophetic message as something that's completely reliable. What are these two prophetic foundations? There will be a resurrection of the dead. You are going to die, but you will be raised again. Right? And there will be an eternal judgment. And this is reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. It's like a light shining in the dark. Now whether that darkness is a personal thing that we go through, or even as a cultural thing. You know, the Bible tells us that as we get closer to those final days, things are going to get dark. How, is it, how, how can we prepare ourselves so we're not getting fearful about what's happening? It's biblical. God told us that it's actually happening. And when that darkness, you, you, you might start, I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm certainly not alarmist in this area. All right? I don't tend to jump to any conclusions like, oh, we're in the final dark days. But I do know it's coming, whoever's going to live through that. Yeah. And Paul says here, this 
this prophetic message, this foundation you have, that there is going to be a resurrection of the dead and an eternal judgment. God has got it all in control. And in the end, he comes through and there's victory for him and for all his sons and, and his daughters. And so that's like a grappling hook. We can grapple, throw it onto the certainty that God reigns. The certainty that even though there are dark times, I know that I am going to be raised from the dead. I know that I'm going to go through eternal judgment. And I know because of the blood of Jesus Christ, my book is written, my name is written in the book of life. And I will come through to, with a new body, a new heaven and a new earth. I think even, just to digress a little bit, I can see some dark times coming for us in Australia. I don't know if it's, you know, in the next couple of weeks we're going to see a debate about religious freedoms and religious rights. And the, um, the, the radio was full this week with what should be religious rights. And there was a debate out and someone on the radio said this, sexual rights... And religious rights, sexual rights trumps religious rights every time. Okay, So that's the sort of dark times that we've got coming up. And we'll get more and more as we get closer to the end times. Please pray for our Prime Minister. Publicly professed Pentecostal Christian. And already if you're following the radio through the week, he, he was copying it through the talkbacks in this area of religious rights. And the fact that he's a Pentecostal Christian and... So on we go. So please remember him in your prayers. And so we will face dark times. And Paul's saying here, how will you get through those dark times? You will get through them because of the prophetic message which shines a light in that darkness. And so we want that surety of who we are, that surety of where we're going, that surety of what God has got planned and purposed for us. And we're just focusing on the resurrection of the dead that in the end we come through victorious because Jesus is with us. If you're going to accept the prophecies of the first coming of Jesus, and we're getting into Christmas, so we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, and we're going to revisit all the prophecies about his first birth, about his birth, his first coming. We're going to visit all the prophecies about his first coming, and we're going to celebrate them and say how wonderful it was. There are more prophecies about his second coming than there are about his first coming. And if we forget to look into the prophecies about his second coming, then again, we're selling ourselves short and we're missing a piece of the whole puzzle. What is so great about the second coming of Jesus Christ? It is the fulfillment of God's whole plan. The first coming was only partial. The second coming of Jesus Christ, accompanied by the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, that's the fulfillment of God's whole redemptive plan. And so for us as Christians, not to have that as part of our vision for ourselves and our vision for our church and our vision for our lives, again, we're missing what Paul says, are two of the six foundations. And we're missing a puzzle in our life. And we're missing out on confidence and boldness and an equipping that we give more to the plans and the purposes of God. One of the marks of a Christian is this that we are eagerly expecting the return of Jesus Christ. Are you eagerly expecting the, per the return of Jesus Christ? If I'm honest, I haven't been. Do you know why? Because I'm a bit scared of those events that are going to happen down there. Yeah, fire, fury, damn. But 
I'm looking into it and I'm studying it and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to give me a confidence about what Jesus has done for me and what's going to happen in those events. I'm informing myself and I'm putting those foundations in place. We spend a lot of time thinking about things that don't matter much and hardly any time thinking about the things that really do matter. And at the end of the day, what's the thing that's going to really matter? That I've received my resurrected body, I'm now going through eternal judgment, Jesus will save me through that, and there's a new heaven and there's a new earth. But we are accountable, the Bible says, for the things that we will do, the things that we have done in our body. We are accountable for the things that we have done, had done in our body. And that's the judgment that Christians are going to face. We won't face the judgment between death and life. We have come into life through Jesus Christ. And so when we look at all this stuff, there's two things to remember. The first thing that it is tied to the return of Jesus Christ. When we look at the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, it's tied to the event that Jesus Christ is coming back. He returns. Why is he returning? He's returning for you and he's returning for me. Why? Because he loves us. Why? Because he likes us. Why? Because he wants us to be where he is. So one of the things we want to have in our heart is such an assurance that Jesus is with us through every one of these events and that Jesus has prepared a place for us because he wants us to be with him. In John 14 it says this, Let not your heart be troubled, for you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. What's so great about the second return of Jesus Christ? What's so great about making sure it's in our heart? Because we are affirmed that Jesus will not leave us alone. He's coming back for us to take us with him to where he is. For all the terrible things that, that, that might be ahead, Jesus is coming to get us, to take us, to be with him, to be in heaven with him, to be close to his heart. Also in all of this, let's remind ourselves, Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. John chapter 5, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged. But you've crossed over already from death to life. If you are a believer, if Jesus lives with you, you have crossed already over from death to life. You get to have your resurrected body in the new heaven and the new earth. That's confidence for you. No matter what you're facing in this life, you know this life is not all there is. You know that this life you come through and there's a new body and a new heaven and a new earth waiting for you. I'm, I cannot get my head around it. I can't. But I'm asking the Holy Spirit to settle that in me and give me that confidence. 1 Thessalonians 5. God did not appoint you to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. It makes sense. So that's why we want to do it. We want to do it because it's a foundation and it gives us that confidence. So what actually is 
the resurrection of the dead. You're going to die. And your spirit and your soul are going to reside with Jesus until the day when God raises your body and gives it back to you. I don't know what age you're going to get. I don't know what shape it's going to be in. I have to leave that up to God. I just know I'm getting, getting one back. And it makes sense. Why would God redeem your soul and your spirit and leave your body to rot? Why would God save your soul and your spirit from sin but let your body, your physical body, be defeated by sin? I don't believe it. He's made you body, soul and spirit. He'll redeem your spirit. He's redeemed your soul. And there's coming a day when he will redeem your physical body. We know that because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and we will be like him. And this isn't a New Testament thing. It runs through the whole Bible. In the book of Job, the oldest book in the Bible, I know that my Redeemer lives. That's a great thing to be declaring. I know my Redeemer lives and that in the end, he will stand on the earth. In the end, he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, I like that, it's poetic, after I've died, after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. Your body is coming back to you. Isaiah 26, But your dead will live, Lord. Their bodies will rise. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. For your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. Daniel 12, 13. But you, you go your way, Daniel, till the end, and you shall rest, you will die, but you will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. We're rising to receive our inheritance at the end of the days. The voice of Jesus, John 5. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Do not marvel at this. I don't know why we won't marvel at it, but do not marvel at this, says Jesus. For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I think I know why he says don't marvel. He's saying it because I'm telling you it's going to happen. So don't be surprised when it does happen. 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds. It's called the rapture to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. When you look into these things that perhaps you've not looked into, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, what does God say? Encourage yourselves with them. Because through each one of those, Jesus has gone before you and Jesus is alongside you and you are saved because of him. So from the book of Job, the oldest book in the Bible, through Isaiah, Daniel, John, to one of the newest books in the Bible, Paul, we see this affirmation from God all the way through. YOLO is not correct. You only live once. Well, you, you do sort of. But, you know, so pack as much as you can into this life you've got on this planet. 
Get as many possessions and as many experiences as you can because once you're gone, you're gone. That is such a lie. Once you're gone, you're not gone. Once you're gone, you pass through to the new life that God has for you. Your body and your soul will be restored to your physical body. I, I don't, I, it's a mystery. But I know if I have that in my heart, how much more confident I will be about my life on this planet. How much more I'm going to be ready to give to the plans and the purposes of God, knowing that eternity awaits for me. What does our resurrection body look like? The closest we've got is Jesus. When Jesus was raised from the dead, the apostles recognised him. So we know we're going to look something like we look now. I'm going to recognise Eden. So it's the same sort of body, but it's different. You know, Jesus, they recognised him because of the wounds. It's the physical body that you've, you've got now, I think. Okay. Jesus said, here, look, here, this is how you know it's me. I've got the wounds. Does a ghost have flesh and blood, he says to them. We're not raised in a spiritual body. It seems to be a physical body. Jesus says, here, come and feel me. Feel my flesh. Does a ghost have flesh and bones? So our body comes back to us. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 16, For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Is your hope in Christ only for this life? Or is your hope in Christ for this life and for the next life? Resurrected body returned to you. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. One of Jesus' titles is the firstborn of the dead. He died. We all died. But he's the only one who's been raised again to live forever. Lazarus was raised again, but he died again. Jesus is the firstborn of the dead. Something new has been revealed to us. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, Jesus Christ. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. I am in Adam. Physically and naturally, I am descended from Adam, physical body. I've also inherited the sin nature from him. So as in Adam, I am going to die. As in Adam, all die. But on April 21st, 1991, I was born again. I received a different inheritance, born of the Spirit. I am now in Christ. For as in Adam, all die, so in Christ, all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. When he comes, those who belong to him, those who are in Christ, will receive a new physical body. Verse 35, because it keeps getting better. And someone will ask, well, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? You fool, how foolish. Don't you like that word? Fool. 
What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be. You just plant a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. You plant an apple seed, you don't get a really big apple seed at the end of a couple of years. You plant an apple seed and you get something totally different, something which is much more splendorous, is that a word? Filled with much more splendor, much more fruit, much more glorious, much more interesting. That's our future. It's your, you, you will be sown like this. But God says, when your body is raised again, it's going to be much more glorious. It's going to be something different. He goes on to describe it. This is the body that God has determined for us. Verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable will be raised imperishable. Is this good for your spirit? Yes. Don't have to answer. Yes. It is sown in dishonour. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. What is your resurrected body going to look like? It's going to be imperishable. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be spiritual. Some spiritual in a physical body. It's going to be like the resurrected body that Jesus had. Verse 49, for just as you have borne the image of the earthly man, Adam, that's the image we bear now. I'm getting older. Everything's falling away from my skeleton. I make funny noises, funny smells. I am bearing the image of the earthly man. But we will bear the image of the heavenly man. Jesus Christ is elevating us, is calling us up, is coming back to take us there and equip us with something which is magnificent, something which is holy, something which is glorious. It's such a wonderful, amazing promise. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. I tell you a mystery. This is why we need, we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit in a second to set this in. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. We sang a great song before, what a powerful name is Jesus. Jesus is going to come and I don't know how he's going to do it. It says with a shout and he's going to go, I don't know what he's going to say. He's going to go, come. And everybody who has ever lived is going to be raised again with a physical body. Come forth. What authority Jesus has. Authority over all creation. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. Can you say that with me? I will be changed. Thank you. 
For the perishable will clothe itself with imperishable and the mortal with immortality. Going to live forever in the presence of Jesus. It's going to be like the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve walked with God. God was physically present there. That's what the new heaven and the new earth is going to be. This is why Paul says this is such an important foundation for you. Are you feeling discouraged? Are you feeling unsatisfied? Are you feeling a lack of confidence about who you are in God? Maybe it's this pillar that needs to be put in there, this foundation. For when the perishable has been closed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death, you have been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? For the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So be encouraged, be emboldened with this thing in mind, that the end is not the end as we think it is. You only live once. No, you don't. Well, yes, you do. You only live on this planet once and you pass through. What does Jesus say? Store up treasures in heaven. Do not store up treasures on earth because the moth and the rust will take it and destroy it and you will be left with nothing. I'm telling you, says Jesus, I can see the beginning to the end. I can see the end. It's wonderful. It's glorious. You cannot imagine what I have got planned for you, says Jesus. How amazing is his love for us? We know he loves us. We're not quite sure why. But we know he does because he made us. He created us. So it finishes off verse 58. Therefore, with this in mind, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Why always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, does Paul say? Because the end is not the end. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. There's an amazing, wonderful future that God has for each of us. Once we pass from this life, we abide with our Lord Jesus in heaven until the day when Jesus comes and he calls forth the dead and our bodies are raised and returned to our soul and our spirit and we will live and reign with our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So if that's you this morning and you're going, that's a piece of the puzzle I never really had. That's a truth I've never really grasped. That's a promise I've never really accepted and planted into who I am. And we're going to pray right now for the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us into all truth. 
And can I encourage you in your prayer life uh, this week and going forward that you're declaring this over yourself? Jesus, I thank you that you are coming again and with a loud shout and with a command, the dead will be raised. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that yes, my skin will disappear, yet I will see you in the flesh. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are going to give me a body that is imperishable, that is immortal, that is powerful, that is glorious, and that is spiritual. I thank you for that. It's a big thing to pray. These two last foundations sort of mess with your head a little bit. But they're so powerful and fundamental for who we are as people and who we are as Christians. So if that's you this morning, as we close our eyes, because it's just say, yes, Holy Spirit. This is a truth I want to receive. This is a truth I want planted in my heart. Give me the revelation and the understanding, Holy Spirit, that I will be raised from the dead at the coming of Christ. Help me to look to that day with confidence and expectation and excitement. Grow me in this truth. I pray, Holy Spirit, planted in my soul. In the knowledge that this truth will help me to stand firm in my faith, to be immovable in my faith, to give myself more freely to your plans and your purposes that I might know beyond a doubt that my labour for you is not in vain. Father, strengthen each person here this morning with your word and with your truth. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our upcoming events and discover more about us, visit c3quinsbeach.com.au. Until next time, have a blessed week.